Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hey everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. Um, we'll remind you because it's been a little while. So <laughs> first of all, I apologize um, after my dad passing, helping out and doing some stuff around the house. I just uh, wasn't quite in the mood to do some of these and I had to clear my head. But we're um, back in the saddle. Yes, we are back. Yes. I brought Cheryl along for the ride. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> For everybody out there she's still here don't you worry you're gonna love my story tonight oh it better not be one of those that's not the way we better restart this anyway that might be listening for the first time what we do is my wife tells you a gross disgusting story and then somehow the person survives it's not always it's not always gross and disgusting 17 episodes you've told one that isn't um, i don't know Oh, I know. I keep track. <laughs> I have all the notes. <laughs> Anyways, my wife will tell an amazing survival story, and then I tell you stories about Darwin survivors, which is uh, Darwin non-survivors. Non well, you know what? I'm going to surprise you this week. Oh. However, uh, I tell you stories about Darwin people, which is, uh, yeah, funny little stories on how people pass away or do, do stuff stupid to themselves. Yeah. So anyways, that's what the episode or that's what the uh, podcast is all about. We've got some exciting stuff happening in the background. Yes, we do. So uh, thank you to, it's uh, Heidi at, Hopper. At country. Yep. Country Sports. Yeah, Country Sports. <laughs> Great. That just went over so well for her. <laughs> country Sports in uh, Tulsaburg, Ontario. You know um, what happened is I was going to say Country Sports and then I thought, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> and I stopped myself and I should have just... Put it out there. What were you going to say? I don't know. See, at first I thought Oxford sports. I don't know why I had that in my head. <laughs> but it's country sports. Yes. It's Heidi Hopper. Uh, she's done uh, some really great stuff for us. And uh, we've got some merch coming out. So we're just uh, refining some stuff and taking care of some stuff. But in the very, very new, near, near, near future. And we will have it all up on Instagram. But we will have hats and toques and Yeti mugs and coffee mugs. and Yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, shirts and t-shirts and all that stuff starting to come so we'll get all that when everything's uh, get a couple of everything all sorted out and done we'll get the pictures up on instagram but please get ready uh to have a look at that and see if you want anything you can uh, catch us at our email which is debtor survive podcast at gmail.com or if you know us personally you can reach out that way and we can take care of you that way yeah. as well yeah so uh guess that's all the new stuff again um thank you for sticking with us again i do apologize for taking a little bit of time off um hopefully you were enjoying the episodes and you come back and continue to join the episodes our new goal is to try to have 72 listens in one week which we are a little bit off but yep that's our goal that's our yeah so right now we get on average around 27 to 30 listens within the first week and then that grows um really helps the podcast stuff out if we can get up to 72. It helps too if you uh, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, whatever all of that stuff is. You need the rating and reviewing, I, I guess, is the big ones that people need to hit on if they can. So if any of you can do that for us, we would appreciate it. If yeah. you don't know how to do it, bring me your cell phone. I'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyways, you got a drink? I don't. You don't have a drink? I don't have a drink. I'm. Oh, boy. I'm gonna this so... is going to be so boring. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you might actually hear what she says. She won't slur it all the way through. <laughs> I'm going to be so parched. Yes, what you are. What am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have a drink. It's only oh. orange juice, but you're not getting any. Do you have a story, at least? I have a story, yes. Well, then, I guess, let it rip, potato chip. All right. Halfway. Yeah, I've got to see this. <laughs> I am going to tell you the story about Elizabeth Fritzel. Fritzel? Fritzel. It's a fun name. Joseph Fritzel was not a fun guy. He was born in 1930. So he's not a mushroom? <laughs> oh. I had to. Dad joke early. <laughs> he was born in 1935 in Amstetten, Austria. We have some Austrian listeners. Maybe they will know family or I don't know. Anyways. Uh, he married his wife, Rosemary, when he was 21. And Isn't that where Arnold's from? Yeah. Maybe he's listening. Could be, but he lives in California now. But he might still know them. <laughs> yes. Together, they had three sons and four daughters, including Elizabeth, who is the star of our show here. And she was born on April 6, 1966. Okay, so Joseph is a giant piece of shit. Spoiler alert. Wow, language already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Elizabeth was 11 years old, he started sexually abusing her. And Elizabeth finished her mandatory schooling. At 15 years old, she started a course to become a waitress. A course for a waitress? Yeah, I don't know. Their schooling must be different. Because she was Do done, like she graduated school at 15. So I don't, I think things must be set up differently there. Anyways. Um. When she was 16, she ran away from home and went into hiding in Vienna with a friend from work. After three weeks, the police found her and returned her to her parents. The police took her home? Yeah, she probably didn't say what was going on at home, right? Um, she finished her waitressing course and started a job in a near, nearby town called Linz. On August 28, 1984, so Elizabeth is 18 now, Joseph asked if... Elizabeth can help install a door in the basement. So he's got a permit to renovate the basement. Uh, bomb shelters were big things in that era. So it was it was a pretty normal thing to expand your basement. And he's gone really deep. He's dug out tons and tons of dirt. He's got had people down there doing wiring and all kinds of stuff. So the last thing that he needs to do is put this door on. So yes. That'd be in the early 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1984. 1984, and I guess Cold War was going on yeah, then. Yeah, that's what it was, the Cold War. Um, so Elizabeth help, helps to carry this door downstairs, and it was a big metal door, and holds it in place while Joseph attached it to the frame. And as soon as it's in place, Joseph held an ether-soaked towel to her face and locked her in his newly re renovated prison chamber. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of shitty, as you say, because I don't swear on this podcast. You just did. However, <laughs> what a great way to get your captives to help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got her down into the basement, got her assistance in putting the door on the frame, and then, like, yeah, you're in there now. And, yeah, it was, like, a reasonable explanation of come down to the basement with me. Anyways, not that we're giving this guy anything good because he's no, but he's if anybody out there is listening, I need help building stuff and I don't do that. Okay? Yeah. Just so you 
Okay, so she would live for the for the next twenty four years in the cellar. Yeah, that puts her like a 42, 46. She was 42 when she. Oh, look at the math skills, yeah, eh? Yeah. Wham! <laughs> forty-two um, years old, still yeah. stuck down there. Yeah. Wow. So after Elizabeth disappeared, her mother Rosemary filed a missing persons report. How long after? Like right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Rosemary was unaware that she was locked in the basement. About a month later, Joseph handed a letter over to the police from Elizabeth saying that she was tired of living with her family and she was staying with a friend. She And she warned her parents not to come looking for her or she would leave the country. This would be the first of several letters that Joseph forced Elizabeth to write. And Joseph would drive for miles and miles to put them in a in the mail somewhere else so that the postage stamp wouldn't say that it's coming from his postal code or whatever. And if they have postal codes, however it works over there, I'm well, not I'm sure. sure they do. Well, I don't know. Zip code, postal code, whatever it is. Stamp something. <laughs> um, there has to be some way to getting it from somewhere to somewhere. Yes. Joseph told the police that he believed Elizabeth had joined a religious cult religious cults were big in the 80s right and he said that you asked me like i was i was 10 i don't know sure no i'm telling you i'm not oh. asking you <laughs> yeah. you asked me like i'm old you are i'm not i'm younger than you um he said to the police that she had talked about joining a cult in the past so they just took him at his word and eventually stopped looking for her Joseph had been planning this for years. He got the permit, like I said, to expand the basement. And be, in total, there was eight locked doors from getting to the bottom of the stairs to getting to Elizabeth. He had to go through eight locked doors to get to her. And nobody questioned that. Like, you're going I, into a bomb shelter. Oh, there's a bomb coming. Let's unlock eight doors to run into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, his wife, at the very least. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. She comes out, his wife comes out innocent at the end of this. And I just don't know if I believe it. I, yeah. I'm very skeptical. I'm just, like I said, there's just, these are the questions that pop in my head. Like, yeah. right away. Like, I mean, not, you know, he just, even contractors that would be helping him build yeah. this. Why yeah. are we putting in eight doors? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Cause he did have contractors down there. So oh, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, know. No, it's way safer if you have eight doors. Yeah. <laughs> I know the bomb's coming from the sky and it's going to come yeah. down on top of you, yeah. but the eight doors and, will hold it up. And the locks are on the outside to keep people from getting in instead of yeah. on the inside. inside. Yeah. 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 Makes total. I, why would I question that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, um, for the first couple of days, he kept her hands tied behind her back with a metal chain. And then for the next six to nine months, he attached a chain around her waist, which was attached to the bed. And he kept her locked up like that until he decided that it was hindering his sexual activity. So he removed it. Oh, well, poor him. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel so sad. Yeah. Uh, Joseph would go downstairs every single day at 9 a.m. claiming to be working. And he told his wife, like, don't bring me coffee. Don't come down here. And she just accepted that. I don't know. Um, he brought food and supplies to Elizabeth every couple of days. He sexually abused her almost every day. And it's estimated that he raped her over 3,000 3, times in the 24 years. That she Seriously? Was yeah. Didn't he have other kids? Yeah, he had. So why her? I don't know. I, may, I don't know. I mean, I get, I went, I get that I was, you can't ever figure out why anybody would rape anybody yeah. and then and they should just be burnt at the stake. Right. Not witches. Yeah. Pedophiles should yeah. be burnt at the stake. Absolutely. But why 
did he choose? Why her? would you just choose one child? I, you know I what I mean? Know. Like, that seems so. And I don't know if he did stuff to the other kids too. Well, but they obviously weren't locked in the basement with her. Right. Yeah. So even if he did other things to the children, I mean, she was locked up in there for. I don't know. Years, right? She probably wonders that too. Well, <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just... yeah. Um, so she spent the first five years entirely alone in the basement. Five years. It was cold in the winter and stifling in the summer. And the walls had so much moisture running down them in the summer that she'd have to mop the floors up with towels. There were bugs and rats. And at times, Elizabeth would actually have to catch the rats with her hands because they were just like there trying to get her shit. So she'd be like, yoink, and grab a rat. And do what with it? I don't know. She didn't say, I assume kill it. Nom, nom, nom. (laughs) Protein. (laughs) Tastes like chicken. In November of 1986, Elizabeth got pregnant. She lost the baby in the 10th week of her pregnancy. But then she would get pregnant another six times. The second time she got pregnant, Joseph brought her disinfected, a dirty pair of scissors, and a book on childbirth and said, have at her. So she just had to do it herself. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I told you not to tell stories like this. (laughs) (laughs) On August 30th, 1998, Elizabeth gave birth to a girl and named her Kirsten. Kirsten would remain in the cellar with her the entire time that Elizabeth was locked up and didn't see daylight until she was 19 years old. Jesus. Yeah. She had a boy named Stefan in 1990 who would also remain in the cellar the entire time. She had another girl named Lisa in 1993. When Lisa was 10 months old, Joseph claims to find her in a cardboard box at the front doorstep with a note from Elizabeth asking her parents to take care of her daughter. So again, he's picking and choosing children here. Yeah, like why, again. <laughs> and, like, and how do you explain to your wife that I have to take formula down or I have to feed all these extra people, like I, all this extra food I, and stuff? Yeah, like that's you're right. Like how how is she yeah. innocent? Like I don't either she was like very blindly ignoring things, ignoring signals because she didn't want to know, or like it, I mean, in some ways I wish you were like that because I'd sneak a couple motorcycles into the garage. <laughs> couple sports cars <laughs> yeah well that and the money too right like he's got to be spending all kinds of money on all of this stuff and well, she's yeah even if, even bare minimum he's got to be paying extra for food and a little extra for clothes right, yeah like yeah i don't know um and they had a renter for 12 years in one, one of the main floor bedrooms they had a renter for 12 years and he didn't even know that there was anything going on yeah wild it is Um, in 1993, Elizabeth was begging to be allowed to make the prison bigger. It was just too small with the three of them living down there. So Joseph finally agreed and Elizabeth and their two children spent years digging out soil with their bare hands and eventually enlarged it from 380 to 590 square feet. And during this time, Joseph put a pool in the backyard to explain where all the dirt was coming from because they just had all this wheelbarrows and wheelbarrows of dirt coming up outside. I, like, he's dragging dirt through the house, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. If I dig the, the pool from the basement, <laughs> it'll, 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 it'll work better, honey. Yeah. So just, that's what, that's why the dirt's coming out of there. In February, 1994, she gave birth to her fourth child, Monica. 
When Monica was 12 years old, she's found in a pushchair. I'm not sure what a pushchair was. I meant to Google it and I didn't. I don't know if it's just like a stroller. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's a stroller. Um, anyways, she's found in a pushchair on the front porch. And soon afterwards, Rosemary received a phone call asking her to take care of the child. So mom answers the phone and, she, and, and Elizabeth's on the phone talking to her. But it's assumed that it was a recording that Joseph had made. And that, like, she obviously couldn't have replied to questions or whatever because it's a, just a recording. So did you find the answer? I did find the answer. And what is the answer? Uh, you were pretty close with a, it. It's a stroller. So it says British, a folding chair on wheels in which a baby or young child can be pushed along, i.e. a stroller. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. That's a fun name. <laughs> I'm going to start calling strollers push chairs. Push chairs. <laughs> Look at your baby in the push chair. <laughs> um, anyways, Rosemary reports to the police. And there goes our 8% listeners from UK. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's it. Make fun of us, click. (laughs) (laughs) Rosemary reports to the police that they have yet another child show up on the doorstep and that uh, Elizabeth called. And so they grant custody to grandma and grandpa of this child too. Um, But Rosemary was confused because she didn't know how Elizabeth would have got their new unlisted phone number. So she did have one alarm bell go off in this entire time. Oh, and, and it was the yes, phone. It was the phone number. Wow. <laughs> oh, she probably Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> in April of 1996, Elizabeth gave birth to twin boys. They were premature, and one of the boys died when he was only three days old. And Joseph took his tiny little body and burnt it in the incinerator incinerator yeah yeah the surviving twin alexander was discovered like the other two when he was 15 months old on the front porch he was discovered so they adopted the surviving twin so he's adopted three but not two two are still living with mom in the basement it's all very confusing in december of 2002 elizabeth had her final child felix but Felix didn't get to go live with the upstairs children. He became a, he became a downstairs child because Joseph said that Rosemary already had too many children to take care of at this point, and she couldn't take another one. Yeah. Oh, poor her. <laughs> yeah. Joseph continuously threatened to kill Elizabeth and the children if they tried to escape. He told them that the door was wired, so if they touched it, they'd get an electrical shock. He also told them that he had he had placed like a booby trap down there, and if they tried to escape, poisonous gas would leak into the basement and kill them instantly. That was debunked later by the police. There was nothing there. He was just brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would occasionally turn all the power off in the basement and leave them in complete darkness for days. Because why not? These are like not, oh my God, children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously his daughter and all that stuff too, but like these babies and yeah. shit, for God's sakes. Uh, okay, so let's get to the escape. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Kirsten, the oldest child, was 19 and she started to have kidney failure. Joseph was kind enough to take her to the hospital, which surprised the police actually because he'd never done a kind thing until this and then suddenly he was like yeah she needs to be looked at by a doctor and brought her to the hospital 
The doctors who were attending her became very suspicious of Joseph's story and alerted the police. And she was like, not well cared for. She couldn't be right. She had bad teeth. She had like, very, very pale skin. She'd never seen sunshine. So yeah. And I'm sure like all of that vitamin deficiency or whatever didn't help. So anyways, they, they alerted the police. So there was an appeal in the media, which was broadcasted, asking for Kirsten's mother to come forward. They said that they needed information to save her life. Um, Joseph had allowed them to have a TV in the in the prison, which surprised me a little bit too. So they saw the appeal on the TV and they begged for Joseph to let them go. Joseph was getting old at this point. I think he was like 72 and finding it difficult to maintain both of his families. So he came up with a plan to let them go without too many questions being asked. On April 26, 2008, he let them out of their prison. He told some stories to the hospital. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So he let them out. He so let they them never, out. Yeah. They never escaped no, or no, anything. No, he let them out. Yeah. So this could have been going on. Like they could have, he could have died and just, at and then they would have died. And they would have died yeah. down there. If with he nothing. had, to, if anything had ever happened to him, they would have just died Jesus. in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he told some stories to the hospital staff of having the family appear on the doorstep saying that they escaped from their cult, but the doctors and the police didn't believe his story. When Elizabeth got to the hospital, she was brought to a separate room from her father. Elizabeth wasn't telling them the truth though. She was still, you know, hiding the truth. She was scared. She still had three children in the house, right? That she had to worry about. So, um, the police threatened to charge Elizabeth with child negligence, and she finally agreed to tell them everything on the condition that she would never have to see her father again. At the beginning, Joseph tried to deny everything in court, saying it all started because Elizabeth was a difficult child, and he was only trying to protect her by locking her in the cellar and keeping her away from the drug community. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And somehow sperm just dripped from the ceiling. Yeah. She got pregnant. I told you, she's difficult. She was absolutely difficult. I mean, even down in the basement behind eight doors, she she was having sex. His lawyer tried to make him sound like a caring father, saying he spent time in... Caring the father? How yeah. do you make him sound like a caring yeah. father? Like, this this guy, I, I reframed myself there, but can you imagine? He's going into court... Legit trying to make him sound like he's a good guy. He was so nice. He gave her towels to clean up the wet walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the summer, he turned all the hydro <laughs> off so there wouldn't be heat from the, the lights because it was hot in her locked up cell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he said he spent time and money on both families, saying he even took a Christmas tree down for them and school books and aquarium and even a canary. Well, he probably put the canary down there to make sure it didn't die from the poisonous gases that could be leaking in. Well, I take it all back. What a caring father he was. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, they didn't fall for it. Obviously, after a four day trial, well, I was starting to wonder because <laughs> yeah. the mother didn't yeah. figure shit out. <laughs> <laughs> the cops didn't even question three kids being right, dropped off at the showing house. showing up on the doorstep. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, after a four-day trial in the town of St. Poulton, and three weeks before his 74th birthday, Joseph pled guilty to the charges of murder by negligence for the newborn Michael, as well as enslavement, incest, rape, coercion, and false imprisonment, and was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, geez. At life in prison 74. at 74. Yeah. Yeah, he took the entirety 
of Elizabeth's good years away from her, really. Like, not only her, but I mean, her daughter's 19, yeah, 20, right? Yeah. Like, like, all of them. Yep. And it's not even, I mean, yeah, just. Yeah. And he gets, uh. Yeah. <laughs> he has shown no remorse for his crimes and actually said in an interview, just look into other cellars of other people. You might find other families or girls down there. Like, he thinks what he did is kind of a normal thing. He just you know what? The, the, the sad part about that statement is he's right. It is. It, yeah. It it's is. not the first, like there was one in the States here where a girl broke out or something. Yeah, and there, there was in the there. three of them. They are, yeah. 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 God. He's still in prison today and he has dementia, so he doesn't even have to remember what he's done. So they yeah. should put a TV in there and just put the fucking pictures in front of him over yeah. and over again. So he never forgets. Yeah. After being fr freed. See, now I'm getting angry and I'm swearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After being freed, Elizabeth, all six of her children and her mother were housed in a local clinic where they received medical and psychological treatment. They were offered new identities, and they now live in a secret location with guards continuously watching the house. They obviously have a lot of psychological trauma. Stefan couldn't walk right because he was too tall. He, I think he was only five foot eight, but he was too tall for the ceilings. And he the spent ceilings? the ceilings, yeah. And he spent his life stooped over so he couldn't like stand up straight ever. I know how that feels. <laughs> um, it was revealed that during captivity, Kirsten tore her hair out in clumps and she'd shred her dresses and stuff them into the toilet. Normal everything, normal everyday things such as dimming the lights or closing a door will often send Kirsten and Stefan into a panic attack. But they, Do you think? Right. Doors being closed behind them, lights being shut yeah, off? Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. They, like, I don't know how they would ever recover from that. But they now live in an a mostly normal life in a small town that is very protective of the family. Like I was giggling at the story because if strangers show up and start nosing around, the town will chase them out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is good. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure it was a media frenzy. Well, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it's like everybody else, you know, eventually somebody finds out somewhere and of yeah. course, oh, now we have to go find a story. We can't yeah. just leave people alone. Yeah. So the towns, especially in scenarios like that. Yeah, the townspeople have none of it. They're they're like, nope. Good for them. Um, Elizabeth had a hard time with her mother, saying that there was no way that she couldn't have been aware of what was going on. But they've since made up, and they visit each other, and they seem to have a mother daughter relationship. I don't know. I like her mother must have a very convincing story for the police to believe her, and for Elizabeth to believe her. But well, I, don't. I mean, I. I, I I'm with you. I think she probably knows more than what she's let on. But then again, if you got a guy that's a master manipulator, I mean, yeah. it wasn't just her mother that, I mean, like you said, there was a renter that yeah. they, they yeah. you know, got talked into yeah. it. There was children showing up on the doorstep and, the, and they were able to talk to police into it. And they had to have talking to some lawyers or something to be able to do adopt these right. children. So yeah. it's master manipulator. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sociopath too, obviously, because he doesn't feel any remorse whatsoever. So, yeah. Um, Elizabeth got her driver's license, and she enjoys frequent shopping trips. She just loves to shop. Elizabeth started dating one of the guards that was sent in to protect the family, and he moved in. And he was, like, 23 years younger than her. Like, he, she went after it. <laughs> the relationship has been very beneficial to her mental health, apparently, because after, like, she stopped going to, to counseling and the whole bit, and she seems to be doing okay. So that is the story of Elizabeth Fritzel. Well, good for her. Yeah. And I hate our law system. <laughs> yeah. Well, their law system. Um, in, well, in this case, it wasn't us. This time, but still, we're this, we're almost the same. Yeah, well, people yeah. go in there and they do all this shit. Yeah. It just baffles my mind. Yeah. That's why I say sometimes I, if it's a dead, 
no question asked case and it and 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 especially if it involves children i think death penalty yeah 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 why yeah i don't know the other thing is though then he's getting off early because like he's getting off easily because he's just dead right but but on the other hand we're now paying i don't know what they yeah. do over there but over here we're paying taxes to house this yeah. guy um so now he's getting his meals he's getting yeah. uh, education he's getting you know blah 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 yeah. and it's all coming out of tax money right i mean yeah. well and i was reading um his health is failing right now like he's still alive and his health is failing and they're trying to get him into like a mental institution instead of being in the jail because of his failing health so i don't it's, yeah and it's they're probably right. paying for all the health care yeah. issues oh, yeah. to take care of them all that stuff right yeah. i mean when it's a dead-on case and especially if it deals with children yeah. If there is no questions in it, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if there's some kind of question or some kind of, maybe it's home in the jail, but if it's dead on DNA, yeah, 100%, the guy stands up, says, I did it. Yeah. Everything lines up. Give him a needle, get it done with. Yeah, it's true. That's just my opinion though. So anyways, I guess it's now it's my turn. It's your turn. It's been so long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> Johnny has been taking a break. Johnny has taken a break, but now he's back <laughs> in the saddle, as you said. <laughs> and he has not taken a break from stupid activities. Oh, there you go. Our hero, Johnny. <laughs> now, as some of you may or may not know, this weekend was the opening weekend for The Batman. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so strange. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I knew that because you are absolutely obsessed with Batman. <laughs> I thought I would start off with a superhero theme. Oh. Um, if you don't know, for people out there that don't know, I guess uh, my loving wife just gave it away. Yeah. Uh, I'm into comic books, and uh, my favorite is Batman. And I have, I don't know, a couple items of Batman in the house. A couple. Yeah, just a couple. One or two items. <laughs> One or two thousand. One or two items. There's always room for more. Always. Um, so, now some people take their serial hero worship to the next level. Okay. Now I collect items, but I don't have a Batman suit that I ride around with. And... No, but you have a Batman symbol engraved in your wedding band. I do have that. <laughs> That's a thing. Yes. <laughs> but I'm not jumping off of rooftops and being. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, so, you know, and they go out and they buy their cars. Have I bought a Batmobile yet? No. Have I driven have around? You, have you wanted to buy a Batmobile? That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, do I have it? No, you do not. That's right. And then some of them even try to recreate their superhero stuff. Like, did you know there is a full Iron Man suit that a guy's got that he can get to hover and do everything? I think you showed me that on yeah. like a video. Yeah, like, I mean, he can't shoot the lasers yeah, yet, yeah. but the computer stuff all yeah. comes up and he can actually hover. It's amazing. <laughs> Not Batman, but still pretty cool. So, um, those things are kind of cool. I mean, you can make them hover, hover and you can do all this stuff, right? But now there's people that um, that enjoy uh, comic books uh, about aliens and stuff, such as Superman, because Superman is actually an alien. He people is. forget that, but he's Indeed. an alien. Yep. And, uh, you know, he can fly and he can stop bullets and he can do all that. So it's really hard to, to create or, or do any of that stuff, right? Yeah. And a lot of people back in the day, if they started doing stuff like this, then, you know, they'd be called nerds and everything like that, right? And so people 
yeah. weren't trying to be as extravagant with it oh, as yeah. they are now today, right? Because now it's cool if you like superheroes. Yeah. Back when I was collecting comic books and where I'm, you know, doing stuff like that, it would be like, oh, you're a nerd. So, <laughs> so it's kind of good that, you know, people have come around and we don't uh, name call people too yeah. much anymore. Or the You know, stuff like that. However, so... Again, as we'd already talked about, some of the most popular superheroes out there is Batman and Superman. If you look at them, they're almost in every culture. Everybody can name them. Everybody can do yeah. anything like that, right? So, um, again, like I said, with Superman having alien powers, very hard to uh, to recreate that, right? Like, you can't shoot laser beams at your eyes right. and, and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> now, yeah. what some people do is they will jump out of an airplane with a parachute, but they'll pretend, you know, they can do the oh, Superman yeah. fist out, jump out, but then they pull their parachute. So, you know, so yeah. it's kind of there, but... It feels like you're flying for a moment or two. Yeah, and then you got a parachute. You would have to if you were if you were an experienced like you obviously have to sh- jump tandem, right? The first couple of times, but the first time free falling on your own, you would have to do a Superman pose for a minute. I feel like you just have to. Well, even when you're ziplining, <laughs> yeah. people like want to do the yeah. Superman thing across, <laughs> right? Well, some soldiers in the Navy took the flying to the next level. Okay. So this is where our hero, our hero of, of Johnny starts to enter. So on a large, uh, in the uh, Johnny was on a large helicopter with a rear cargo exit. What Johnny would do next is make a questionable harness using a safety strap. So what he did was like the cargo straps or the tie down straps yeah. and, or ratchet straps that we have. He made some kind of harness out of that. Out of ratchet straps. Yeah. Okay. And then. He would lower his body so the, the cargo bay is open, the doors open on the helicopter yeah. a little bit. He crawled up to the top and then put his outstretched his hands and his feet and everything like that and dragged himself behind the helicopter. Oh my god. Holding on to the cargo strap. Okay, but how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to be Superman, right? And then once this is done, the the what you're supposed to do is then pull yourself back in and up yeah. over top and stuff, right? So Johnny was doing that. So the MHF3 is a large is the largest helicopter in the US and has a cruising speed of 138 miles per wow. hour. Wow. So that's, that's what he's fast. that's a cruising speed. So it, it up in the air, yeah. cruising 138, he's being dragged wow. behind this helicopter, right? Um they also normally carry... About- was he successful at one point? I know he's obviously dies at some point, but did he do it successfully? The f- no. Oh. I thought, okay. No, <laughs> okay. he did not. Okay. Uh, the, the normal... Um, the helicopter also normally carried about 52 troops and 36,000 pounds of cargo. Oh, wow. That's a so, big helicopter. So the crew and the cargo would prevent the pilots from seeing it and stuff like that because the pilots would like, what the hell are you doing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually the story said the pilots might've laughed, but then told them to get the hell back in. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, and it was also normal for the cargo doors to be left open. So there was no warning signs to the pilots that anything was going on and stuff like that. And the other troops that were on there were encouraging it and taking pictures and, and all this stuff. Right. Not one of them, not one of the 52 people. (laughs) Nope. So... (laughs) Um, so yeah, so Johnny was out playing Superman and his fellow troops were taking all the pictures and then Johnny's iron grip slipped. Yeah. So it slipped, the strap came up underneath his shoulder. So it was kind of holding him, but then the drag force just ripped him out. 
Oh my God. So yeah, so he would fall 125 feet, I believe it was. No, it's got to be more than that. I don't know, 125 something it said. I can't find it. Okay. I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> but anyways, he falls and falls and falls uh, to his death in the Persian Gulf is actually where he died. Oh. So now, because this has uh, gone on, yeah. the military launches an investigation and found out that this has been going on for a decade. Like people have been successful at this. For a decade. Wow. Yeah. People have been going out and doing that and stuff like that. So it was just kind of bad luck that I guess the, the way he made his harness, it didn't yeah. catch both underneath. Right. It only caught his one arm oh. or how his grip let go or whatever like that. But for over a decade, people have been doing this and stuff. And I guess there's some wild pictures out there if you can find, I couldn't find any, but I guess troops have been taking pictures of these guys wow. and bringing it in. But yeah, it was going on for over a decade. Um, somehow, uh, to kind of help the family out and everything else, the, uh, the military was able to spin the story and his death was ruled as in the line of duty. Oh, well, that was nice of them. Right. So, and, uh, he now joins the names of soldiers that lost their lives, um, in the second Iraq war. Well, especially if he isn't the first one, like this has been going on and nobody caught it. Right. Yeah. It's just nice. I, again, I don't know a lot about the military i mean i have an uncle that was in it and stuff yeah. like that but i'm assuming with insurances and stuff like that like if it was like oh he played superman and fell out they probably yeah. wouldn't take care of his family yeah. or anything i don't even know if he had a family actually i didn't look into it but you know what i mean like yeah. there's probably something there and at least you know like, oh yeah my husband died in the line of duty and right. i have to go with my husband or my son or my daughter or right. whatever you yeah. know died playing superman yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little, two totally better. different things yeah so so that's kind of good, but again, don't play Superman yeah. out of a helicopter unless you have a really good harness. My little brother played Superman when he was like three, and he jumped down the cellar stairs thinking he could fly, and then he knocked his tooth out and swallowed it. Oh, well, we played a couple times where we jumped off roofs into pools and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, right? But, I mean, I'm not doing it from a helicopter with no, a strap no. while it's flying. <laughs> not without a proper harness, at least, or a parachute. Yeah. I forgot my. I got nervous when we did the whole zip lining, and the guy goes, "Oh, you big guy, you are, you are, you are this extra one." <laughs> what the hell you mean? Why? What's yeah, gonna happen? What was even funnier was the guy behind you going, "Well, I want an extra one. Why is he an extra one?" <laughs> That's because I was their grande amigo. Yeah, I was their favorite. Uh, so. As you mentioned before at the beginning of this, interrupting my stories again, trying to talk about my specialty. That's what we do. You said that all people in Darwin's die. Yes. It's not true. Oh. So the definition of Darwin is someone who removes themselves from the gene pool. So that does not always mean that they die. Oh, it just means they can no longer produce or add life to the living pool okay. or gene pool <laughs> yeah. uh, from doing something stupid. So right. that's how they say that the evolution of man is better because they've removed themselves, right. which is okay. where the Darwin Award gets from. Now, I don't talk about these very often because they are extremely rare when yes. you when some of these accidents happen that people actually live. Right. But this one was phenomenal and I had to share it because <laughs> I just, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to come back with a bang. All right. I, All right. I'm excited. I'm excited too. <laughs> so now you can tell me, what do you think is worse? 
the dying or being alive and know oh, that you won a Darwin Award. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that other people know that you like because yeah. you're reading about yeah. him and he's still so alive. Yeah. He could actually, I mean, I don't know, we could hear this podcast and go, why do they still talk about me? So, so I'm not sure about you, my love. But as a boy growing up in the country, once in a while, we would get into a little bit of trouble. I imagine. <laughs> One of our favorite things to do in the woods, I think I told you about that before, was we would get Roman candles and we would shoot them at each other oh, yeah. and have the war and stuff like that, which is kind of stupid. We're shooting fire. We're holding them in our hands, first yeah. of all. We're shooting them at each other and we're hitting people with them yeah. if they don't move. Yeah, so. that's kind of crazy. Right. Um the other one that we would do is, um, do you remember the, uh, do you remember black cats? Those little caps? No, they were the little fireworks. They like, looked like little sticks of dynamite. They're a little tire oh, yeah, and you would yeah, light yeah, them yeah. like bang, or yeah. you could, or you could light the whole pack off at once. They go, yeah, bum, 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 yeah. bang. And you normally had to do it to scare people or yeah. scare animals or cats or birds, or whatever, around, yeah. stuff like that. So those were the two favorites that we used to have growing up. We used to play yeah. those all the time. I remember being out camping and somebody lighting off like three packs of those when we were going to bed or they would throw them in the fire around oh, the thing, bang, 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 right? <laughs> Just getting then hot yeah. coals fire yeah. everywhere. So, so anyways, that's uh, some of the stuff that we would do. And uh, we would always get told, you know, be careful, you know, don't hold on to this. And now that I'm older, um, it's your job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to tell me not to do stupid things with fireworks. And I still do stupid things with fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> Only now I have people that help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a great big, well, you. it's the same as when you were a kid. You got a great big bunch of, big bunch of people gathering around and doing stupid shit with fireworks. <laughs> yep, or fires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enter Ed Beamer. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Woodward. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Schnarr. <laughs> we have fun. So. Our Johnny must not have anybody in his life to say whoa or any kind of common sense. I think what he had was a bunch of friends that would cheer him on and uh, laugh at him. So when Johnny decided to drop his pants and put the firecracker between his butt cheeks, they just started laugh and cheered him on. Why though? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. And then something bad really happened. You think? <laughs> Johnny tripped and fell. <gasps> and not forwards. Oh, no. Backwards. Oh, no. Guess where the firecracker went. Oh. Yep. It's a one in a million shot, Doc. <laughs> and then it went off. No. Yep. So the doctors couldn't believe they said it was like seeing a trauma from a from a grenade explosion or whatever, like his whole back end and into his um, you know, genitals in the front, oh, everything no. all exploded in there. Uh they were able to save Johnny. Yeah. Um, but he will never be able to add his genes to the pool again. <laughs> uh a lot of things don't work down there uh, because no. of it. But he does have a rare, rare Living Darwin Award. He sure does. <laughs> Cheers to you, Don Tonys. Oh, man. Could you? Ah, oh, Jesus. No. no. I don't even want to go in and get freaking checked by a doctor for my prostate, let yeah. alone have a firecracker go up and explode. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. What is wrong with people? I don't know. At the time, it seemed so funny, right? Like, I've seen videos of guys doing this. I'm like, that's hilarious. And then you read this story. I'm like, that's that's stupid. Why would they? Where are their wives? <laughs> Because you're the ones that are supposed to talk us out of yeah. it. <laughs> That's not right. Don't do it. Well. 
So uh, normally this is uh, this is the end of the story. Normally this is where we put our call to action, but we did a lot of that at the beginning. Yeah. So I don't think we should uh, bore them anymore with it. No, uh, we do have the rate, face. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> I just did it anyways. Yeah. Um, and we do have Facebook and we do have Instagram where our new merch will be displayed over the next, I'm going to say, give us three weeks. And we'll have yeah. some uh, pictures up of uh, some hats and toques and hopefully some shirts. We're going to get yeah. some more stuff ordered and get it ready for you. And now that brings us to the end of the podcast, All which right. means dad joke. You like them <laughs> sometimes. You've probably missed them. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what's been oh, missing in your I life. I think they've still been around. They just haven't been on air. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, you know how I love collecting cars and doing all that stuff and all that and racing all that stuff. So, you know what I mean? And zooming, you're always telling me I'm going too fast. Yep. So I thought this one would be perfect. Okay. So I tried ra drag racing yesterday. You did? Yeah. It was a bitch running in those heels. <laughs> <laughs> yes she's laughing that's cute <laughs> thank you ladies and gentlemen that is our show again thank you for sticking with us thank you uh for allowing us to take uh some time to help out my family hopefully you continue to listen uh we will not have any more breaks now it should be well i shouldn't say that hopefully we have yeah. no more uh yeah. funerals and we shed more breaks and we'll be back on weekly so again thank you for uh understanding and for continuing to listen spreading it to all your friends and yeah. uh thank you for all the condolences i received also over the last couple of weeks it uh means a lot uh for everybody that's reached out so thank you very much and yeah. goodbye from your favorite bye from me your favorite <laughs> <laughs>